0: Welcome to the Energy Update presented by the Institute for Energy Research for the week of August 3rd, 2020. I'm Alex Stevens, and I'm joined as always by IER's Deputy Director of Public Policy, Jordan McGillis. Jordan, how are things going today?
1: It's going well, Alex. Thank you. Uh, we've got a couple of pieces uh, among our always stellar content that are worth bringing out um, for particular focus this week. And they they focus on some related aspects of the, the broad and ongoing energy policy discussions in the U.S. and across the world. And, and that is on how and why governments tend to subsidize energy. Uh, our first piece worth discussing is titled Global Fossil Fuel Consumption Subsidies Declined in 2019, expect, Expected to Decline Further in 2020. And what's interesting about this piece is that it gets into an aspect in the international scene that most American global warming activists or energy commentators more broadly, don't talk a whole lot about and and want to shy away from And and it's that many developing countries have extensive, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars of subsidies for their citizens to fossil fuels. So we're talking about uh, lowering the price for consumers of things like gasoline or heating oil. Um, When we talk about subsidies in the U.S., we much more regularly think of um, subsidies for production because we have those more extensively here, mostly for things like wind and solar energy through the production tax credit and the investment tax credit. But in these developing countries, they're actually subsidizing the use of those fuels. So it's a real headwind that is pushing against the, the wider activism. Toward lowering emissions. And it's something that's it's rather uncomfortable to discuss because um, the ostensible purpose is to lower energy poverty. And it's going to make life more difficult for uh, people in countries like China and Iran, where they have really widespread consumption subsidies. And people who are who are advocating for widespread emissions reductions tend not to discuss that too regularly. Now you have a slightly different take on this uh, regarding the state-owned enterprise aspect of it.
0: Yeah, something the blog points out is that most of the countries that have these consumption uh, subsidies tend to either have state owned energy uh, companies or are involved in uh, or members of OPEC. And so I think, I just think it's interesting. And I'm kind of speculating a little bit here, but what it looks like to me that happens with this is that under the guise of, uh, trying to alleviate energy poverty through these subsidies, what they're actually doing is hiding the higher prices that are associated with uh, state-owned energy energy companies and being associated with the OPEC cartel, and mm-hmm. um, sort of in the process too, destroying the incentive for more competition or new entrants in the market. Obviously, a lot of those cases, there's legal protections in the case of state-owned enterprises and stuff that are that are blocking that too. I think it it offers an interesting explanation for why we see consumption-based subsidies for energy in developing countries or uh, countries associated with OPEC, and uh, they tend to not exist in the United States or Western countries in Europe.
1: It's an interesting point you bring up, and it's really important to remember that there is inherent waste in the state direction of industry. and when you have these state-owned companies, they are inevitably going to, to suffer more from the bureaucratic wrangling and uh, graft and corruption that that comes with state involvement in, in industry. And there there is that incentive, you're right, to then try to hide those hidden costs from the consumers who would really benefit most from open and, and free markets in those countries. But they they simply don't have the institutions at this time that could really facilitate um, a, a genuine lowering of of prices through market competition.
0: Yeah, it's something that actually uh, on the podcast back in January, I sort of mentioned with uh, our guest with Stephen Hayward and um, brought up just the fact that so much oil and gas production has moved into the United States where... There are the institutions that generally support a competitive economy, property rights, generally the rule of law, and how important that is for the global oil and natural gas markets to drive competition and produce all the benefits that come with that, along with developing new technologies and um, obviously lowering prices in general.
1: That leads nicely to the other piece worth talking about today, which is IER founder, Dr. Robert Bradley Jr.'s. Uh, Latest on Milton Friedman and his energy insights for today. Um, Milton Friedman is um, a one of the leading lights of the of the wider market oriented movement, and our founder Robert Bradley has has great respect for Milton Friedman, who died in two thousand six. And in this piece, Doctor Bradley discusses some of the recurring themes from Milton Friedman's work that pertain to energy policy. He, of course, commented really widely but on energy policy had great insights as well and some of the points that dr bradley brings forward here are the risks of rent seeking uh, the risks of price controls of protectionism um, and things like that and and that's it really can be those lessons can be applied both in in the united states and more widely
0: Yeah, uh, I would just point out to listeners, Rob does a lot of these blogs, especially on uh, his blog, Master Resource, and uh, they tend to be a good source of information for just people who are interested in energy topics from a free market perspective. Uh, He does a lot on Sort of the history of ideas and likes to highlight influential thinkers like Milton Friedman uh, quite a bit. So It makes for entertaining reading. So, yeah, I would point our listeners in the direction of master resource. And uh, unless there's anything else that you have to highlight this week, Jordan. That'll uh, do it for me. So those articles and more work from IER staff can be found at our website, instituteforenergyresearch.org. Thank you for listening. Until next week, I'm Alex Stevens.